Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Comic like a clown. No notes. All pages. Bagging, boarding Batman in the gutter like amazing storytellers. We some fellas. We some felons. in the mazes. Acapella, Baricella, cause this shit is so contagious. Mouse on the summaries. Compiling guy the show. While the cycle spitting knowledge on the Yeti like a pro. Keep the babble. We the rabble. Don't step to the squad. We get active. and haters like a cephalopod. You don't like fish talk? Do you hate a tomato? We the cuttlefish killers. Tentacles on the tape. Greatest five stars if you cherish your life. Bucky Barnes hit squad spraying lead in your pipe. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Is This Just Bad? Is This Just Bad? The best podcast you never heard of. I'm your host, Professor Mouse, joined as always by the CB Cosmologist himself. U.S. makes no concessions on Ukraine after Russia threatens retaliation over unmet demands. Tensions continue to mount on Wednesday as fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine persist globally. That's the longest nickname <laughs> I've ever had. And also the scariest one. <laughs> uh, you thought Psycho Pirate was scary. The Galactic Encyclopedia? No. <laughs> the persist globally. Jeez. Uh, Don't worry. It's just it's just a minor incursion. We'll, we'll see. So, are we doing like a like a land war in Russia in the winter? I hear that's historically like not a great idea. Napoleon had to eat his horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they like a fucking such a history joke. Uh, so the, this is what the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Anthony, sorry, Binken said. Uh, the U.S. I always thought it was Blinken. It's like a, he's like the name of a reindeer, right? Oh, that well, that's Blitzen, but you are correct. It is Blinken, <laughs> and there's no H, so it's Antony, like of Cleopatra fame. Um, the U.S. has made or the best <laughs> new queer eye member. <laughs> oh no, that no, 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 no. The best one is Bobby, the one that makes a house every episode. Bobby's good. <laughs> he's a, he's a close second. Um, but Antony, I like Antony. Antony is interesting. Um, there's a we'll get back to Ukraine. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, <laughs> we did they did one of those like um you know ever since BuzzFeed and and Wired did their like autocompletes every clickbaity uh you know site has tried to find like an interview gimmick. And for a while somebody was doing lie detector tests as like the interview gimmick when when stars go on their um their their circuits. Yeah. And unfortunately that seems to have died out before Spider-Man cuz I would have loved to get Andrew Garfield on a lie detector test. Um Oh, they would have sued. But, they would have sued. Yeah, they probably <laughs> would have. That's that's definitely true. Uh but after like the first couple of seasons of the new Queer Eye, they did one of those lie detector things and Anthony and Karamo were doing it together and turns out that Anthony auditioned for Karamo's job, like the culture expert and ended up getting the food expert thing instead and they asked him like do you think you could do your job better and he's like yes and then the lie detector test went off and was like yep he's telling the truth he definitely thinks so and it's funny do you think you could do as good a job oh as good a job sorry not better as good a job and he said yes um but what's really interesting is in their little segments you know usually karamo's whole thing is like have them do some kind of activity and talk to them about their feelings 
But Antony, whenever they're making food together, generally talks to the, you know, the project of the week about their feelings and does as good a job. So I think he's he's a triple threat, multi-talented. I think they should have reassessed the the jobs from the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I agree. A lot of those jobs are the same job. Uh, I like I like Tan is distinct. JVN is Tan distinct. Is distinct. Uh, Bobby JVN, is distinct. Bobby. But food and but wine really expert the... and culture expert. Like food and wine is culture. It is. And interestingly, you know, the person who has really survived from the original, you know, pre-crisis queer eye, is the food and wine guy. Oh yeah, uh, Ted. Uh, uh, Ted. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Ted Al. Not Ted Allen. Ted. Oh God. He, uh, he, he was the guy that did the, yeah, Ted Allen. He's like Anthony's mentor. Yeah. And, and I think he actually was legitimately Anthony's mentor, right? Yeah. No, they are like legit close. Yeah. Yeah. Which is adorable. And Ted's uh, was, you know, clearly one of the, one of the better ones on that show. And, you know, of course has gone on to be the face of chopped for like a decade. Um, but yeah, you're totally right that that role is essentially culture. Like, what do you do when you have food? You talk about, you know, your life, kind of. It's, it's uh, in most cultures, a medium over which you share feelings a lot of the time. So, yeah, the nebulous culture expert. And and Karamo has, like, every time he's on screen, he's got some kind of neoliberal bullshit shirt on and just gr- grinds my gears. So I like, I like Karamo, though, because he has kids. And he has kids, and when he's talking to other dads, yeah. I think he's very effective. And there's clearly history there of, like, Karamo, you know, was very distant from his kids and had to repair that relationship. And so the few times that they have, like, a dad on the show, um, Karamo's really good at that. I think there's something to be said. Like, I like the idea of Queer Eye trying to expand its boundaries, but they don't do as good a job when they're not helping dudes. Um, yeah. Tan especially, who does not know how to dress women. You know, Tan has no curves, you know, very skinny, and will just, doesn't, like, know how to, doesn't really understand women's fashion in the same way. Because, I mean, clearly, Tan is attracted to men and knows what looks good on men and doesn't have a frame of reference in the same way, unfortunately, for women. The, it, so, like, has... I understand them trying to expand that, but it doesn't work as well. Yeah, he, have you seen his, like, uh, clothing competition show that he does? I did. Next in Fashion, I liked that. Yeah. It was cool. That was a cool show. They, they I don't know, the, the, the culture of, like, the presenter in the UK, they have such a uh, better grasp of that. I think mm-hmm. I think, like, in the US, it didn't really... It's always just been kind of a staid position. It's not fun or anything like that. And there's no, like, back and forth. Like, Alex Trebek was, uh, you know, uh, rest in peace. He was like, um, he was just like a, like a tool, like a, a, the dice in the, in the, in the board game. Or he was just like a yeah. tool, like a means of, of, of accomplishing the game. And he slotted in really well for Jeopardy. But like in the UK, they have so much fun and there's so much interaction. And like there's always a controversy with the presenters of the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> like there's always something happening because people are like really, really invested. And that hasn't really yeah, hit it, the same way until like Nicole Byer on Nailed It. Yeah. 
<laughs> Nicole Byer has innovated that position, and Nicole Byer and John Cena on yeah, Wednesday yeah, have kind of like built that out in a good way. But yeah, if you think back to Alex Trebek's whole career on Jeopardy, Jeopardy, they'd always have those little intro segments where they talk to the presenters, and Alex Trebek would like look directly through people while they were <laughs> telling them his li- their life story. Yeah, just like. <laughs> Could not wait to get back to his role as the game piece. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Um, the same thing with Family Feud. Uh, I can't remember what was the guy that did it for like a for decades before Steve Harvey. Oh God, Family Feud host R- R- Richard uh, Richard Carn. No, that's the guy from Home Improvement. Richard Dawson. Uh, yes. Yeah, Richard Dawson. Uh, before he's uh, that's a Wu Tang lyric. It's Richard Dawson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, who was uh, born in uh, uh, Hampshire, England? Um, oh, okay. Until, but like he was the the sort of like prototypical uh, of bringing families together, and then Steve Harvey became like the Ryan Reynolds, or like a progenitor to the Ryan Reynolds of like irony culture, where everything that anyone said was so dumb. And he like looked directly down the barrel of the camera and like, isn't this show bad? <laughs> like that was kind of like the persona that he he took on. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's strange. Steve Harvey's whole gimmick is like set up uh, answers where like there's going to be a sex joke and then pretend to be really offended when it's a sex joke. <laughs> well, that's what the, I, I think that that pr- happened organically, and then the producers of the show were like, "Let's just do those the whole time." And then Let's just lean into uh, it. Yeah, and then make fun of the contestants. It's like uh, uh, fr- uh, fruits that uh, are cylindrical. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, uh, eggplant. And Steve Harvey <laughs> rolls his eyes at the camera. And then, you know, yeah. o- the only people watching that are retirees, uh, which are increasingly uh, less. There are increasingly less retirees or sick kids, which there are increasingly more of those. So right. it's but a balance. Kids are still going. All those kids are still going to school, though. Like they don't actually stay home, <laughs> unless their parents have decided to homeschool them, which is uh, a decision a lot of people have made. And by homeschool, they just mean I will just wait to see what the fuck happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. the- and in the meantime, watch Family Feud. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. uh, we took care. We took care of some kids because uh, uh, two twins of of, of friends, uh, four year old kids. And um, it's because the one of uh, their parents is immunocompromised. And so the cases are out of control uh, nationally. Luckily, where we live, they're not as bad, but they're bad enough. Um, mm-hmm. So they pulled them out of school. The, uh, you know, the, the, the. I almost said the district name and ruined all the anonymity. But the like oh, this, yeah, the school board has automated, has developed like an automated calling system that calls uh, parents every single night after business hours to remind them that their kids weren't in school and uh, like three or four separate phone calls. Like your kid wasn't in school. Uh, uh, another phone call, uh, attendance policy is this, uh, truancy uh, penalties are this, another phone call. How do you deal with truancy penalties when the parents are like, I know they're not in school, I kept them home? Yeah, I I, I mean, yeah, truancy generally is, is, <laughs> is like a referendum on parents being like, uh, 
too permissive. It's still a paternalistic way of of, of sort of. No, I want I want to hear Vice President Harris weigh in on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still this paternalistic way of criminalizing kids. Um, but generally, it also is a way of sort of diagnosing that parents are not involved enough. Uh, and oftentimes they're like latchkey kids. I was truant for one year of of, of high school because I would just like go to school and then come right back. <laughs> just yeah, stay home. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the it's interesting though because now it's you know it's flipped now. And if an, if anything, school which has become kind of a, a catch all for social services, right? Like the you know parents drop them off and be like, all right, you know, make sure they get food and after school activities, and I'm not going to think about them. I'll just you know let the teachers raise them. Basically, at this point, if you are a parent who is keeping them home. It's possible that you are more involved, yeah, uh, because you've actually made the active decision to be like, no, I'm not just going to drop them off into the black hole of whatever the school's going to patch together to try to take care of them. I'm going to care enough to hope they don't get sick. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple dimensions because you can't do it. You can't do it if you have to go into work. So of course, there's that. Like, so the people that we were uh, babysitting their their kids for were able to work remotely. Um, and I think mm-hmm. in both cases had to like sort of fight for that because remote work right now is hard hard to do. I think I, I work in a profession where remote work is, is an easy, op, relatively easy option now, uh, yet uh, we're not allowed to do it. Uh, um, <laughs> Love that. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and so we have to roll the dice. So the... So they they had to fight for it, and then you know, and then after that, it's like, well, we haven't been getting work done, and so for a week they're asking people to 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 watch their twins, and so me and my wife did that uh, three days, um, and uh, you know, it, yeah. How was your trial run of children? It was fine. I mean, kids are like, kids are like, uh. So, so daring yet so uh, vulnerable to everything, and so they want to. They see a flight of stairs and they want to climb up that flight of stairs, not realizing if they slip and fall, that like their mortality is <laughs> is not guaranteed. It's like if I slip and fall on the stairs, I'm probably like gonna break something. Uh, but like I don't know, I'm large enough where it won't be like. You know, the 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 possibility of me smashing my head in is much less than of somebody who's only like I don't know thirty inches tall. So that was a constant source of anxiety because we have not baby proofed our house. We have no reason to do that. Um, so that was one thing. But the other thing is that like kids are very uh, not easy, but you have to like kind of sort of go out of your way to uh make it difficult to entertain them if that makes any sense because mm-hmm. they're going to do that themselves like they're uh one, one of the kids is obsessed with dinosaurs it just talked to me talked at me about dinosaurs and all i did to go was yep yeah cool wow <laughs> yeah sure no that's yep yeah yeah like all all of these facts and then you know making shit up too which is something that i like doing uh where he <laughs> where where i go uh i go uh what is the best dinosaur uh to ride like a horse uh 
and then and then he gets like offended. It's like dinosaurs are not horses. Do you understand me? <laughs> but <laughs> but if they were if they were i think a velociraptor would be cool to ride because they're very fast and it just goes into all these stats about how fucking fast a velociraptor is and so that's amazing yeah <laughs> they, they, they these two particular kids had a thing and i've a lot of kids around this age have done this where they have like a a very clear sense of like they want to get their knowledge out there and make sure you know that they know, but they also want that imaginative journey. So it's like, hmm. I'm not, hey, don't try to fucking trick me. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say something stupid like you can ride a dinosaur like a horse. It would eat you. However. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've established that I know what I'm talking about, I'm not a fucking moron. Let's talk about riding dinosaurs. <laughs> All right, fair. All right. Yeah, it was it was it was hysterical. But the the hardest thing is to put kids down for naps when they're visiting a new place cuz like a new place, new house, like they come into my room. My room is like a fucking room for kids. There's like a bunch of color in it and shit. There's video games, there's like like things that look like toys uh all over the place. And so they, you know, they're 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 not they're never sleepy. Um right. And now kids are like kids are like adults i mean it takes a, they have a lot of anxiety stewing in their brains these are kids who grew up during a pandemic and who have like consciousness about that mm-hmm. and so like to get them to sleep is, is is pretty challenging according to their parents too where it's like they need like noise machines and blackout curtains like the same type of shit we we need to fall asleep because yeah. the world is so fucked for them that's really sad. Yeah, no, it's fucking really sad. Because I remember when I was a kid for nap time. I mean, it's just like you couldn't get me get me there fast enough. Cause, and I didn't even give a shit like if I couldn't fall asleep. I just wanted to be not doing any of the stuff they were having me do for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't want to play with these blocks. I don't want to do any of this math. I, I want I don't I want nothing to do with this reading bullshit. I'll just sit over here and do nothing for two hours instead thank you in like a brightly lit room and then when we but when we were doing it we would all sleep on the ground and these like mats these disgusting mats (laughs) be like sleeping next to all of your uh all your compatriots all your classmates um but yeah but now it's 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 gotten different it sucks to be a kid but yeah these kids are cool and uh yeah and they're gonna grow up in a world where there's a pandemic and there's gonna be a war and fucking yeah so, so speaking of how many kids are we sending to the ukraine it's <laughs> a good segue so in response to russia's demands for the u.s and its allies uh to curb preparation for an invasion and for ukraine and other ex-soviet nations to be denied entry to nato uh the u.s is open to dialogue kind of confusing sentence yes so as far as i can tell the u.s nato which is essentially just like an anti-russia bullying tactic right like it's a bunch of it was originally designed as an anti-ussr alliance right um it's sort of you know vestigial because the ussr doesn't exist um but now you know as a replacement it's just like a bunch of western european countries and the u.s ganging up to make sure to like threaten russia randomly 
and Russia, in turn, would very much like to reabsorb former Soviet bloc countries, and has invaded Georgia, the country, not the state in the, in the U.S., um, and it has designs on places like the Ukraine. So in turn, the U.S. is very interested in convincing the Ukraine and other former Soviet bloc countries to join NATO. So that's where we've been for like the last, what, 15 years of that jostling for position. I can't find... So the the issue is is that Russia is going to inva- invade the Ukraine. Like, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like even Ukrainian officials have to do this like dance with people in the country and go like it's you know (laughs) it's not gonna happen anytime soon but it is a a very strong possibility that that will happen uh which is yeah i must be very reassuring um (laughs) but so but why is russia doing that is it just because putin is a dick and wants to run run the world i mean it seems like in the same way that there's sort of like a make america great again you know back to the glory days of american power and influence or whatever putin has a similar sort of nostalgia for what he considers to be the glory days of russia of you know power and influence and territory and empire and so it's just it seems to be a bunch of sort of um, you know, machismo, saber rattling of wanting to eat these countries again, yeah, and bring them back into the fold, and that's dumb. Um, I'm not clear on why this matters to the United States. Yeah, I mean, this is like because uh, we have a fucking boomer in office. <laughs> like, right. well, that's... well, you're right. Like it, all, it only matters to people his age who remember the Cold War as a thing that was scary let, 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 as opposed to stupid. Yeah, let's cite something here. Uh, so ABC News, or sorry, NBC News, Biden thinks Putin will invade Ukraine. Here's why the West is so worried. So this is like... God, even I just want to preface like these outdated concepts of the West... <laughs> But you, but it's it is kind of like yeah, but it is the West. It's like Western Europe and the United States are all like one thing. It's like the 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 central uh, uh, point of colonization. It's like that mm-hmm. that fucking bullshit. Um, all of these colonizer bullshit. Yeah, right. yeah the, okay, the West, great. the colonizers. Uh, so. Russian President Vladimir Putin has amassed an estimated 100,000 troops on Ukraine's border with the United States and its European allies scrambling to deter an invasion in response to the Kremlin's demands. Here's the other thing is that fucking the the UK, like the UK and like Ireland and Scotland and Wales and, and, and all of these like Western countries are all in fucking disarray and all like fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and in fighting as well. Like Boris Johnson is uh, in a fucking nightmare state. Like he's right, nobody. He hates Scotland and Scotland hates him. And, right, exactly. Um, yeah, so there's that going on. And then like, so Ukraine's reaching out to places like the Czech Republic and Latvia and be like, can you send us guns, please? Yeah, this is like, <laughs> this is a fucking disaster. And so, okay, so so Russia is, is denying this. Um, Joe Biden looks to ward off what he said would be the most consequential thing that's happened in the world in terms of war and peace since World War II. 
Okay, so according to this article, I mean, it's what you're saying. It's like that there is a history between Russia and the Ukraine, and that's why Russia strategically wants, would want to reinvade uh, Ukraine. The relationship mm-hmm. soured by 2014 when months of deadly protests and the toppling of Ukraine's pro-Russian government culminated in Moscow annexing Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula. Russia also threw its weight behind a separatist insurgency in Ukraine's east, a war that has rumbled on ever since despite a series of shaky ceasefires costing an estimated 14,000 lives. This is very similar. This would be a very similar, it sounds like, case if like uh, a country like Israel <laughs> had been toppled mm-hmm. or like uh, any of the number of proxy wars that were fought in South America uh, during the Cold War as the United States tried to shore up all of its power and install yeah, these like military is... dictators. Right. And this is what's important is Biden framing this as like it's a world war thing. And when the reality is no, it fucking isn't. It's a Vietnam thing. It's yet another pro- every war that's been fought by the United States after World War Two has been a proxy war against Russia in some form or another. Yeah. Uh, Putin has said uh, that Ukraine as an independent country is an artificial construct and lamented the breakup of the Soviet Union as the greatest yep. geopolitical catastrophe of the century. Oh, yeah, God. Putin just, yeah, he just wants to, he just wants to reconstitute just, the Soviet Union. Yeah, he wants all his toys back in the box. That's all. And, like, that sucks for people who live in Ukraine. Um, but, again, it only matters to the United States if... The people in power in the United States are playing by the same set of rules that Putin is, a.k.a. care about that, like, power in Eastern Europe. I just, I just don't, don't get why that matters. Yeah, I don't either. But apparently, oh God, if Putin is like, this is also like a proxy war against the United States. So the Kremlin's official line amid the current standoff centers on Putin's demands for security guarantees for Russia that would include a stop to NATO's expansion eastward and a formal veto on Ukraine from ever joining the military alliance. And so there's like a little proxy war between... Because what, yeah. what is NATO? NATO is the United States. Uh, yeah. Specifically the United States. NATO is the United States with its hand up the ass of a bunch of other countries like like Muppets. Yeah. And so now Putin wants to ensure that the United States does not have any military interests in the Ukraine. This is like a disaster. (laughs) It's just, it's all terrible. And, and I think it's also very important that this is happening. I mean, first of all, nobody should be going to war. Everybody should be staying home. Like what are all the soldiers going to social distance and wear masks? Mm. Um, you know, but it's important that it's happening now because, uh, you know, in a very Orwellian 1984 kind of way, drumming up war is a really uh, convenient and loud excuse and distraction to distract from whatever else is going on. And so when you've got economic turmoil and a pandemic and, you know, people dying in the streets, it's like, well, you know, we'll just avoid it, the issue by having a foreign war. The Crusades did this, too. It was, we got a bunch of people, you know, milling around that we don't know what to do with and we can't provide for economically, so we'll, you know, send them to the Middle East. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks, and, like, all you can do is play Wordle. 
Wordle. I have not actually played Wordle. I don't understand. Uh, one of our friends sent us a Wordle score a couple of weeks ago in our group chat, and it was just nonsense to me. Like it's a bunch of green boxes. I don't. I don't even know how to respond to this. Oh. And it took me weeks to understand that it was a Wordle thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that you don't was see. Was it the a answer. good score? Was he sending it to us because he was proud of it? I don't understand what it was. Probably. I didn't even see that. I didn't know anyone else played uh, Wordle. Who was it? No, it's Sam. Of course, it's Sam. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, I didn't know what to ask. Um, it's just like a fun. It's a fun game, but I think people get too are getting too stressed out about it. Um, it's yeah. It's like you just guess words, and uh, you know they tell you whether or not you got a word, whether you got a letter in the word correct uh, by saying it's yellow. And if it's a green, that means that you got it exactly where it's supposed to be. And then through a process of deduction, you come up and you find out what the word is. And this is cool. It's like Minesweeper, Sudoku, and Hangman all jumbled together. Sam's was not impressive. He got it in six tries, which is the maximum amount of, of tries that. <laughs> Why did he send us a bad Wordle score? I think he was just sending it because he's like, now I'm playing Wordle. Is anyone else playing Wordle? Oh, I see. He just didn't send it with any kind of explanatory notes yeah i got one <laughs> that's so funny. i got one in two once which is like fluky i mean getting it in one there's no skill attached to it it's just luck uh mm-hmm. getting it in uh getting it in two is i mean if you do like use any kind of clues from your first guess that's skill but for me it was like the first one i did had no- nothing and then the second one I did was just the word. So it was like, <laughs> I was like, I, this, I, can't, I can't chalk that up to anything. Um, right. Yeah, no, just, uh, just using the force. That's funny. But on, um, on Monday, everybody freaked mm-hmm. the fuck out because the word was K-N-O-L-L. Null. Like, as in the grassy knoll. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> a lot of people didn't know, either didn't know that word or more likely had never actually spelled it, had only ever heard of it. <laughs> and, uh. and so a lot of people like got pissed and started to like get like rage quitting Wordle. And I'm like, oh, this is like a this is like on the level of a crossword puzzle. It's supposed to be fun kind of. Um oh, man, that's really fun. Yeah, and failure is like always gonna happen. But now it's gotten like really I, I read this article, this guy uh, ruminating about how how much stock he puts into uh, playing the game and how he realized that it was uh, sort of uh, emblematic of, of of misplaced priorities, but also like how easy it is for uh, you to uh, lose self-esteem via the Internet. Because it's like not yeah. just a solitary game; it's also a social game where people share their scores, and you know you, you'll compare yourself to somebody else who got a, a word in 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 three instead of six. Um, yeah, so it's it's yeah, interesting. One of the best things about you know, like the pandemic got me back into playing Magic: The Gathering online and you know Arena. It's available on your mobile phone. And it's really convenient, and the interface is really great. And that's a game that has extremely high variance. And, like, you can be extremely skilled at it, and yet there's still literally luck of the draw. Because it's a randomized shuffled deck. And so, you know, and there's such a community built up around people basing their self-esteem on how good they are at this game when, like, a really, really good win percentage is a little bit above 50%. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> like that's how that's how t- tough it is because um, because the, the variance is so high and it can crush you mentally. It really can because you know there you go on Facebook and then there's money attached to tournaments and it can get out of hand really quickly. Yeah. So yeah, it's I have this like orientation around playing Wordle <clears throat> where I'll. I'll throw a word in where I, I know it's not the word just to get closer to what the fucking word is. Because that's smart. what they do is, I mean, it's not smart. If it's the smart way to do it, because I try to play very fast and I try to get the word very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. The smart way to do it is to spend a lot of time meticulously thinking about the combinations of the words. And so, <laughs> like, sometimes I'll be up past midnight, and the, the new puzzle will be at midnight. I'll have it done by, like, 12.03, and I'll have gotten it in five or six, right? Not not a- anything impressive, because I would have, like, put an acorn when I knew there's no fucking R or or N. But I'm trying to see if there's an A, C, or O. Um, okay. And uh, my wife does it, and it's like, I can't, I can't do Wordle right now. I don't have time. I was like, don't have time. That to me doesn't make any sense. So it does. It does. It does say a lot about you as a person, like the way you approach the game, which I think is really mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, but her her friends and stuff will only interesting like share their Wordle score if it's good. But if they mm. if they didn't get it or if it's bad, won't share it. Oh man, yeah that that gets really toxic really quick. <laughs> I um, it's funny like my whole orientation again around gaming is is skewed because i spent so much time playing magic which again is high variance has kind of a toxic fan base a lot of the time and it's like this you know strategy and skill game and i forget that like most games aren't like that and you know you can win <laughs> in other games yeah and there's like a clear and like they're supposed to like reward you for winning as a and getting better as opposed to like crushing your win percentage the, the better you get by being ranked um so i'm you know, now I've got this switch. I'm looking for the new Pokemon game is coming out. Yeah, of, yeah, two days. Yeah, as of recording, it'll come out. It'll be on the day, and so um, that's going to be my birthday present to myself. And I am stoked. Uh, looks great. Yeah, I gave we gave my uh, sister uh, a gift card, and oh, that was enough to cover because I, I wanted to buy her the game, but it was Christmas and it didn't come out for mm-hmm. a month. So we just gave her a gift card with the exact amount she would need. Uh, to buy the game and she's stoked about it i am too but it coincides with like the beginning of the semester so i'm gonna gonna see i'm gonna see uh what i'm gonna see uh like how insane it is let let me know what your experience is because if it's something that i can play casually and won't get like addicted to but those are like early pokemon games i was just like waste hours and hours and hours yeah, they totally suck you in. I don't know. I think it's going to be a little different because it is. It seems like it's going to be like a hub world, and you know, it's not exactly totally open world, but it seems like you could, you know, kind of do a couple of quests, go back to the base, put it down, pick it up again. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited about it. The idea of, you know, obviously I'm a big animal guy, so the idea of like hunt, you know, tracking down these animals. Um, is is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I I I liked it better though when there weren't animations of the animals like getting wrecked. <laughs> Aww, because like yeah. in the in the original games, it kind of just fell out of the screen. <laughs> like they just kind of mm-hmm. like dipped out of the, out of frame. You can't see them in pain. Yeah, <laughs> these games. It's well, like, it's balanced you mur- out by the you fact murder that the Charizard. Anim- 
well, yeah, but like Charizard can also murder you. <laughs> they can't. I don't want so that either. Balances out. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is. It is. It is always. It's never dead. They always just get knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. Fainting. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but so we'll see. I, the The world looks really sweet. Like it's got like a steampunk. Um, you know, speaking of colonizers, but like you know the <laughs> there is it's something you know, sort of like Western um influence on early early western um expansion into japan and like this merging of cultures and uh, the pokeballs are made of wood and steam powered somehow it looks fascinating so we'll see yeah the other thing that i'm not gonna have time for is uh that is because the third of four high republic books just came out (sighs) shit's getting real dicey real dicey in the high republic very 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 dicey uh (laughs) and not in a good way not in a yahtzee way but like in a bad bad way they're doing like yeah they're like prefacing their essentially like that the that story begins where the the sith are kind of like a, a legend uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is the case uh, largely in the Phantom Menace, um, although you y- you know there are sort of more high profile um, evil Jedi lurking around. There's no like Sith Order, but there are like evil Jedi lurking around. Like everybody knows about Count Dooku and Darth Maul, and um, if you get into the uh, extended lore, like Asajj Ventress and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, all these folks, Salvaggio Press and people like that. Um, in the High Republic, they're truly, like, gone. There's, like, n- there's not even a semblance. There's no red lightsabers anywhere. Um, and so it is, like, kind of, like, setting up a world in which the, the like, soft emergence of the Sith um, comes out. Cool. And, yeah, it's, it's... They're also still dealing with the Space Vikings, though, right? Yes. Yeah, well, that's how they come out. Um. It, ah. Yeah, the leader of the Space Vikings, Martian Rowe, at the end of the last book, found some type of force-sensitive creature that was able to send, like, a shocking, uh, 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 like, dark energy into the Jedi. And <clears throat> it was, like, a huge cliffhanger. One of the, um, you know, one of the key beloved characters uh, is, is, is killed at the end of that book. Um, no, no. And his apprentice and his apprentice is like traumatized beyond belief, uh, and that's how that book ends. And so the uh, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen, but it's crazy. Um, what also is crazy is the National Football League. Yeah, speaking of dark energy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> destroying mentor figures, um, truly, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I, we were we were saying before the show that like I had to pull up the box scores because the games, while they were awesome, all kind of blended together. And you were saying it's because they all kind of ended the same way with like incredibly dramatic uh, last minute lead changes. Just wild games. Um, so where do you want to start? Let's get the most boring one out of the way first: the Bengals and Titans. Now, so this is the, the, the divisional round. The Bengals uh, won their wild card matchup against, uh, remind me, the Pittsburgh, no, the the Pittsburgh Steelers 
faced the Chiefs. The Bengals uh, beat against the Raiders. The Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. God damn it! Um, <laughs> all these teams keep changing areas, and once the Bengals yeah. win the Super Bowl this year, they'll also change. <laughs> like Probably. fucking half-empty stadium. Um, so <laughs> the Bengals. Go into this game, huge underdogs, because Derrick Henry is coming back. Derrick Henry. Return of the king, baby. Obviously, yes. Is, is, is an amazing running back, et cetera, et cetera. But he hasn't played in a really long time. Um, and the quarterback, lest we forget Ryan Tannehill, is uh, some dog shit uh, booty garbage. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, he is like a game manager. He you know can throw a touchdown if you need it. But it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take some effort <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with this guy. He throws three picks in this game, which is uh, honestly very Tannehillish. Uh, his QBR must have been dog shit. So the big story though is Joe Burrow um, scored zero touchdowns and one interception. He does not do well. Uh, he Jamar Chase uh, catches uh, five balls for 109 yards. T. Higgins seven balls for 96 yards. Uh, C.J. Uzuma, who I believe is the other tight end, seven yard or seven catches for 71 yards. So th- they put a lot of yards on the ball, but he can't find the end zone during the game, mm-hmm. and that uh, set it up so that there was a final sort of last minute drive up the field. These are the only points scored in the fourth quarter. They go in 16-16, and the kicker walks it off for them. And so now the Bengals, you know, beat the Titans in a a huge upset because the Titans are, you know, first seed. They got that first week by and are on their way to the uh, AFC championship game uh, against two. We'll get to against two, but this was ultimately, like, not an impressive outing for both teams. I wouldn't have liked either team. Which is so strange because... Yeah, like the Bengals, Joe Burrow seemed like the real deal. And like he's been, he and Jamar Chase have this excellent connection most of the time. And Burrow's so strange because he just gets sacked constantly. Just gets wrecked. Yeah, that O-line is And bad. then, yeah, his O-line's terrible. Like if they had a functioning O-line, he might be a world beater, but they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like having to do all of this, you know, uh, scrambling and magic and just like absorb a bunch of punishment every game in order to put up halfway decent performances there was there was there was a world in which and uh the bottom sort of fell out of baker mayfield um but there was a world in which the afc north was going to be like insanity where it was going to be joe burrow where the steelers were going to be the worst team in that division where it was going to be joe burrow uh baker mayfield and lamar jackson all first round picks uh one MVP, one soon-to-be MVP in Joe Burrow. Um, and a lot of people thought Baker Mayfield was going to, like, lead. Like, the Cleveland Browns were favored to win the Super Bowl in Vegas yeah. before the season began because that team is stacked defensively. They have two incredible running backs. And they had uh, an incredible receiving core. And they're like, well, the receiving core is overhyped, overrated. Look at OBJ. He's not what he used to be. He goes to the Rams. Motherfucker catches a bunch of touchdowns doing all this shit, throwing <laughs> throwing 40-yard passes and shit. You're like, where the fuck did this come from? Oh, it's because Baker Mayfield sucks. Like, yep. is absolutely terrible. 
which is a shame for Cleveland fans. I don't really give a fuck about the Bengals or the Steelers. They can eat my butt cheeks. But the Browns, I have a soft spot for because we did steal their team. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's comeuppance, I suppose. But yeah, I, um, I, I feel bad only for them because when when Indianapolis we share trauma, yeah, stole our team. Like, fuck them forever. Fuck you. And then we went and we stole the team, and so we're like, you know, thank God they got their team back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, you know, stole their team, didn't steal their name. <laughs> you know, that's... that's true. That's true. Um, but... And thank goodness the Baltimore Browns is a terrible name. Yeah, it, yeah, the Baltimore shits. The uh, yeah, but the, the the horse race that that fucking name was previously based on is like not going to exist uh, anymore. So that's also fortuitous that. I mean, you don't. You also don't see many ravens around that city. I would, I would imagine. Yeah, but it's Edgar Allan Poe, dude. Like you know. It's a, yeah, but he he, he spent cum- cumulatively in that city like fifteen minutes, uh, of w- of which ninety percent of which he was dying. <laughs> dying and drunk. Yeah. Well. The, the, oh, <laughs> there's weirdly enough. So uh, Edgar Allan Poe, freaky guy. Uh, we all know it. He was a freak. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. What, what segue is this? <laughs> Where we go to this guy? What segue is this? Are, are you asking? So I saw, I saw a movie uh, called Nightmare Alley, uh, a 1947 film called Nightmare Alley. That's based on a novel written by a guy named William Lindsay Gresham, who was. Uh, Wait, stop for a second. It's a it's a movie set in 1947. It came out. No, no, no. It came now. out in 1947. No, uh, Guillermo oh, del Toro remade a movie. Oh, it's a remake. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This movie's already been made. It's already one of the best noirs ever. And this new movie came out. Apparently, it sucks. Um, the original movie is fantastic. And so I look up the guy that wrote the book. He's born in Baltimore, and the book is like demented bullshit. It's like it's like about it's about like. It opens up, and there's this guy. He's working for a carnival, and they introduce you to uh, something that's called a, a, a carnival geek. Do you know what a carnival geek is? Oh, they bite the heads off of chickens, right? Yeah, it's just like fucking a down, a, like a product of the fucking depression, down on his luck, um, unemployed, broke, been through the ringer, uh, just absolutely destitute person. They bring them in, and then they go... Uh, and then they sort of like slowly turn this person into a monster. They say, you know, uh, we got like a, whatever. We got a, uh, 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 we need somebody to fill in the slot temporarily. You won't be here for that long. Uh, we just need somebody to be the geek. And so the person is like, fine, uh, in exchange for booze, I'll do that. What do I have to do? They say, oh, you got to like do this whole dog and pony show where you pretend to bite a chicken's head off and drink its blood. But it's really, you know, sleight of hand type of thing. And over the course of this person's tenure at the carnival, um, or sorry, at the circus, they'll slowly and slowly and slowly get more and more desperate to out for alcohol, more and more addicted to booze. Um, where the cart, like the uh, circus, like owners or whatever, will convince them to actually do it, and so Jesus. it becomes this sort of like depraved, broken figure. 
<laughs> and the guy that wrote that book that the movie is based on is from Baltimore. <laughs> Just like a fucking disgust, cool. disgusting, uh, demented, twisted uh 20th century uh, shit and he also like fucking uh drank his life away sad city man but the team is okay uh, sometimes <laughs> sometimes when not when everybody doesn't get hurt i mean this this year the baltimore ravens are a sad sickened twisted version of themselves <laughs> yeah they are uh, they are a, definitely a sideshow attraction um and also are uh, let's talk about the LA rams versus the uh buccaneers because uh, one of the players who did not play in that game, notably Antonio Brown, is looking <laughs> to come to the Baltimore Ravens. God, are they going to ask him to bite the heads off of Ravens? <laughs> I mean, there's going to come a point in his career where I think that wouldn't be the worst option. <laughs> he, 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 is, he was on a veteran's minimum salary in Tampa Bay. He had two games to get, like, a shockingly small amount of yards, receptions, touchdowns to win a million dollars worth of incentives. He had two games Mm -hmm. to do it. And he ran off of the field with his shirt off. He, like, denuded himself. He disrobed on the sideline and then ran into the fucking tunnel while doing jumping jacks after doing jumping jacks in the end zone. I mean, this guy... And then started tweeting all kinds of stuff like Tom Brady was fake friend, blah, 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 this, this, and this, and then good luck, Tom. I mean, Tom's always been good. And then after the Buccaneers lost, fuck you, Tom. (laughs) If I was there, we would have won. And then... Why weren't you there then, bro? (laughs) And then, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, taking advantage of his younger cousin, his actual cousin, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, receiver on the Ravens. Oh, I didn't realize they were related. Yeah, they are related. Um, and Lamar Jackson, and they're all like you know South Florida folk, uh, which explains the fake Florida man, fake vaccination <laughs> card, and the <laughs> unwillingness to be vaccinated, um, and getting COVID seventy eight times. So, <laughs> so I mean, these three train in the off season; they have before, and um, Antonio Brown is like. Yeah, because I like you as friends and we train in the off season and I don't have a team right now, you know, I, you know, let's link up. Let's do it. I, I come for the veterans minimum, literally because nobody wants me on their team. Um, how do you feel about that? Jeez. And th- this is the thing about the Ravens as an organization. They love underpaying for a veteran who's past their prime. They love underpaying for a veteran who is a uh, well, Past their prime, usually, Des Bryant, for sure. Sammy Watkins, yes. Um, however, Antonio Brown is not past his prime. Antonio Brown, when he played this He's just year, nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> he's <clears throat> He is a locker room, um, like, uh, destabilizer. But the thing about uh, the Ravens that they have been able to do consistently, they have a reputation for being an organization that values players' creativity and individuality. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times they will take a chance on somebody with like with the whole thing is we'll let you be you. We'll do what you do. Uh, We'll you know, Lamar, we'll go for it on fourth down. We'll let you improvise. We'll let you do uh, the Jamie Foxx any given Sunday changing plays in the huddle shit. Like we'll let you do all of that. 
because that's who you are. All we need you to do is come to practice every day, work out every day, you know, be just be involved in the culture of the locker room and don't be a distraction, right? And if and mm-hmm. if if that happens at all, you're done. And so most recently they did that with Earl Thomas, who's a troubled uh, safety, free safety, who was part of the Legion of Boom, who, you know, had had bounced around from team to team and by all accounts was like a real terrible locker room compatriot. He was on the Ravens for a good amount of time before his demons started coming around and he was ultimately let go by the organization. And so this is not unprecedented. We have taken like really really bad cases um and put them in our locker room so i I can see it happening i don't want it to happen because (laughs) because it's right because for at least for earl thomas it's like the defense the secondary like like needs you with antonio brown it's like the offense doesn't need you this is a run heavy offense like we run the football all the time and the leading receiver won't be you. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll be Mark Andrews, a tight end. And you hate that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But why would he have walked out on the Bucks if he was okay with playing second fiddle to a tight end? Weird. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It doesn't seem like a good idea, but I could see it certainly happening. So what I'm confused about is they fired Wink Martindale. Yeah. Why? Like maybe there's like they figure they got somebody coming up behind him and he he was gonna get offers from somewhere else so better to you know cut loose now but Wink was busy keeping the Ravens in close games uh, that they had no business being that close. Yeah, I, I the I don't think the defense is an issue. I think the defense is a wash. Um, he did the best he could do. He's not gonna trouble to find a job. I think. Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we are we are cutting loose. This is the other reason why I think Antonio Brown might be an option. We are cutting loose a lot of cap space so that mm-hmm. we can pay Lamar. Yeah, and this is the usually the first step towards the demise of a team for a couple of years is they get bloated with cap space to try to keep a quarterback, and then suddenly there's no O line, suddenly there's no receivers, and it's just a quarterback with a bunch of bunch of skeletons next to him yeah i mean the offense i mean the defense was not good uh to be clear but who who was playing yeah a bunch <laughs> of people were hurt <laughs> right yeah there's there's no one on the team <laughs> everyone's Wink martindale was basically on the, on that field by himself yeah yeah but it, it it is bad though when your defense puts you in a position where you have to uh what was that crazy game where we did two uh two two-point conversions like <laughs> It, I mean, it's just insane the the lengths that we had to go to win ball games, and 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 the amount of uh, exertion that Lamar did. And there are a bunch of people who are looking at the backup QB like, hey, maybe we don't. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Maybe we don't pay Lamar um, all this fucking money and just kind of uh, rebuild the defense and 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 have this guy be the QB because Lamar- yeah, the backup can do a lot of similar things. Yeah, to what Lamar can do, he's good. Not so, as good. I'm, I'm not as good, but maybe with a better defense and a good O line, good enough. Yeah, I'm concerned we're gonna. I'm concerned we're gonna lose him if we have to keep paying Lamar. So we'll see. Yeah, and anyway, they're not in the playoffs. No, but the Rams and the Buccaneers are. And so this game I watched from tip to taint. 
as they say. <laughs> I only I only caught the fourth quarter, so I caught Tom's comeback. Yeah, well, sir, you caught the only interesting part. I mean, not the only interesting part, but like, <laughs> but it it seemed for the first three quarters. I actually think this was a better uh, ending for Matthew Stafford. Um, ultimately, in terms of legacy, right? Because mm-hmm. the thing about Matthew Stafford um, that that people said constantly is that he was a fraud. He was a, a, a an Aaron Rodgers of himself um, because <laughs> he was in Detroit all those years. He had Megatron. Megatron retired early because um, there was a culture of losing <laughs> in fucking Detroit. A, a, very, a Barry Sanders fate. So many like otherworldly talents have gone through Detroit and have left the NFL early rather than retiring. They have something there where it's like, like there's like a, they get a lot of loyalty out of their players for no reason. <laughs> they don't, they don't do trauma bonding. It, it must be because Barry and Calvin Johnson and almost Matthew Stafford, he stayed there a long time. Motherfucker mm-hmm. was there for 12 years. Um, and, uh, they swap QBs and, but the, the, the whole knock against him was he never won a playoff game and he had the best receiver on the planet. He's the quarterback. Like, what's the deal, bro? Um, you know, not to mention like all, everything else is bad in Detroit. The defense is bad. The running game was bad. Everything was bad. So he gets into his first, uh, 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 playoff game. It's a divisional game against, um, who do they the be defending the Cardinals? Oh, um, yeah, that's the Cards. The Cardinals, yes, and and they absolutely destroy them. Matthew Stafford just is perfect. Stomped them, yeah, just stomped them. It was thirty-four to eleven, and Stafford is is throwing big bombs out there. And this isn't like Jared Goff's playoff run in twenty eighteen when they went to the Super Bowl and they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. This is like. That plus a competent quarterback. What would that look like? <laughs> that, that looks like thirty-four to eleven against the Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, one of the top ranked, uh, one of the top ten defenses in the league. Like, mm-hmm. not anything to sneeze at. This is not an easy matchup by any means. This was probably like the most competitive game in that first week of, mm-hmm. of the wild card, and so. Stafford gets his first playoff win in 12 years, which is crazy. And people are like, ah, oh, it's fluke time. Kyler Murray's too short. He's too short, this Kyler Murray. This Kyler Murray, he's too short, this Kyler Murray. Like all the sports talk radio guys are fucking, right. are trying to diminish this in any way. Drew Brees treatment. Yeah, exactly. Just diminish it in any way possible. And also diminish OBJ, who caught the first touchdown in the first opening drive. And like, that. Oh, wait, they need to do anything the rest of the game. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, so fast forward. Okay. So now he's playing the GOAT. At GOAT. Yeah. This is Tom Brady. We don't like him. No one does. <laughs> no. But, but we, you have to, you, I still recognize that he's the greatest know, of all Thanos time. level <laughs> yeah. GOAT. He, um, he's the greatest. Uh, so they go in there and they go to Tampa. Ooh, and it's. And it's nice, 70 degrees. And they start beating the brakes off of this fucking team. Just, <laughs> I tuned in around halftime, and it was like 27 to 3 or something. Like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I turned it off for like 15 minutes and turned it back on when Tonks started coming back. And you know, But you know why it was 27 to 3? 
Because Tom Brady was stinking the joint up. <laughs> he, fucking, he was fucking terrible in that game. And even, even when you watch the fourth quarter, you saw Tom Brady capitalizing on off of a bunch of dumbass mistakes. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't he was doing what he needed to do and not to take anything away from him. Um, but a he let it get to that point because he was playing like true dog shit. Like they were Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald were just like in his grill. And they teed off on him. I saw a picture of him bleeding from the mouth. Yeah, Va- and Vaughn Miller, Tom Brady also must have like Kleenex skin because he's never been hit before. Because the whole like twenty years of the NFL that he was in it have been catered towards protecting him. It was like j- mm-hmm. a jaded AFC fan. Um, so he, so if you watch that clip back, Von Miller actually does like the respectable thing and sees Tom Brady get the pass off and then stops. Like he's already in that motion of, he's going to go tackle him and he's got a clear line on him and he sees Tom Brady release and then he stops. He tries to catch himself, but his forward momentum like takes his helmet accidentally and hits Tom and then Tom screams at the referee and the referee throws a flag and gives him his first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in his career wow how is that possible wow. <laughs> Von Miller because man you're totally I mean, jaded AFC aside it really is QB rules were built in the last decade around or two decades I guess around Tom Brady and it's just like you can't touch him ever. Yeah, you cannot touch the quarterback. If, if, if he, as soon as he gets that ball out, you can't touch him. And Von Miller knew that. If you watch that playback, he knew that. But you that. can't stop yourself when you're <laughs> running that fast. Like that's not physically possible. Yeah, it's uh, so crazy. How dare you respect the laws of physics? You have to respect the QB <laughs> more. <laughs> you, Von, you better throw yourself to the side. <laughs> you better, you better do what you can. You better hit yourself. Um, yeah, so I mean, he but he's like playing like shit, and they are harassing him. So it's twenty-seven to three, and and a lot of people were calling like the you know it was twenty-eight to three, and that one Super Bowl against the Falcons, mm-hmm. Tom Brady came back, he won that game, right? And so yep. it starts happening, and it is it is like a disastrous series of events and it's all bad shit cam Akers like fumbles the football at this point you're watching and this is all the fourth quarter it fumbles the football yep. the fucking it's so loud in there that <laughs> the, the poor center <laughs> the center just hikes the ball matt stafford is not even he's not even gotten into he hasn't said anything <laughs> There's, it's, he hasn't even done a blue 42. He's like, st- he's looking to over to the sideline. He's about to start calling the play. Ball comes right past his face. And no, every, Matt Stafford is many things. He's not a fast man. He chases no. after the ball as fast as he can. He tries to throw himself o- over top of it. And it's not going to happen. And so they turn it over there. They turn it over so many times. And Brady capitalizes on each one of them um and to leonard fournette's credit he'd been gone for a really long time he came back he scored two touchdowns in that game uh and brady threw that one crazy touchdown to mike evans down the sideline that was great mm-hmm. uh just actually like pinpoint accuracy uh and that is some goat level shit because you, when you've been sucking ass all game like when you've been truly yeah, stinking to- up the joint to be able to rebound like that's really impressive and like i i give tom brady a bunch of shit for like 
his whole shit for, for his whole like, shit death, <laughs> for his whole shit but like the, the death by a thousand paper cuts of like just passing you know eight yard passes to gronkowski forever um but like he can actually throw long balls yeah um yeah, yeah. that that was one of the things that a, a lot of defenders uh, a lot of defenders of him last year were saying it's like this is a new tom brady showing us a different thing he has the number one rated air time in the nfl which is to say that when he's playing, the ball is in the air longer than anybody else. Meaningless stats. Um, so stupid. I don't care, care about that at all. It, no God. one cares. So this this is like a series of this is like a this is like deja vu, right? So mm-hmm. yep, absolutely. So there's a uh, not that much time left in the game. Scores tied, or the other team is up a little bit, and. Uh, you have like a, an absurd challenge of getting all the way downfield. So Matt Stafford comes out first drive, the first drive or first play of the drive does QB sneak, almost fumbles the fucking football. <laughs> and, and, and you're like, Oh God, they're right about him. Yeah. He can't handle it because at this point, I mean, you can't hear a thing. Like it's just yeah, abs- and he's got to be mentally so shaken, and yeah, all the the fans of the stadium are making it like if they were gonna snap the football too early before then, while the, while the Bucks are still losing, to, to you know the the sound after they seem to be coming back to win it is in, insane. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Um, but it, to his credit, he stays very composed, and he does something that Tom Brady is like known for. Um, this yeah. So Chris Collinsworth at the end of the game, when Tom Brady loses this game, says, "You know, this really reminds me of that one time Tom Brady won." <laughs> it's like your 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 frame of reference for describing the loss of Tom Brady is one of Tom Brady's victories. <laughs> um, but he's right. As goofy and as annoying as that is, he's right that Stafford out Brady's Brady. Yeah. Although I will say I will say something about Chris Collinsworth where this is like. Uh, this does show his bias. The number one quarterback in the NFL this year, statistically, who was it? In your in your opinion, I mean, it's probably Mahomes. Yeah, yeah very good argument for Mahomes. Mahomes or um, geez, maybe uh, whoever's playing in Buffalo. Josh Allen is also a, Josh Allen. A, a, a great candidate. Um, the consensus number one pick for that award is Aaron Rodgers, uh, whose like touchdown to interception ratio was like absurd. He threw like four picks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean they come into the playoffs really strong, and his games are general were generally not close. Yes. Um, so there is a there is an analytics website that has emerged recently called Pro Football Focus. And the owner of Pro Football Focus is Chris Collinsworth, and this okay. this is the web this is the website that calculates airtime. This is a website that calculates quote unquote big time throws. Oh, They're <laughs> just making up new stats so that they can give stats to Tom Brady. Exactly. And so they rated the number one rated quarterback uh, play who played in the NFL this this year was Tom Brady. Um, Chris Collinsworth is obsessed with him. Like he, yeah. I generally him. like Chris Collinsworth's um, analysis when it's not 
a Patriots, or a Patriots, not a Buccaneers game now, when it's not a, a Tom Brady game, but the guy just, had, you know, his brain just falls apart sometimes. They were, he might as well just gone onto the field and sucked off uh, <laughs> Roethlisberger at the end of the, the last regular season game. Yeah. Um, but they're like talking about, you know, oh, how wonderful Roethlisberger is, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, it's just like, couldn't say anything else except, you know, Big Ben's um, uh, accolades. Anyway, yeah. Big Ben, of course, shows up in the playoffs and gets smoked immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I thought it was funny where Big Ben was like, you know, we're not going to win, so let's just go out there and have some fun. <laughs> because they, they, All right. they were outmatched. They were just like... Reasonable, reasonable expectations. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, Brady gets gets out-Bradied. Um, very impressive. And so the Rams go are coming to the NFC, uh, and the Bengals are going to the AFC yes. championship game. And so that lead, leads us to... 49ers Packers now this game I watched I didn't watch I didn't watch uh this game at all and I didn't watch the Bengals and I Titans did game. watch this game it was terrible <laughs> okay because I I assumed I assumed like everyone else on the planet earth that the results would be flipped like that the Titans were just gonna swallow up the Bengals and that the fucking Packers were gonna take care of business and mm-hmm. it was just gonna that that was just gonna be a clean easy game but apparently, it was not only a terrible and boring game, but it was a disastrous game for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this this game was mind-numbing. <laughs> Just nobody could get their shit together, ever, in this game. Everybody looked terrible. Aaron Rodgers couldn't, you know, couldn't uh, throw for shit. You know, the, the end result is... Uh, it was very exciting at the end, because it ends up just like the... Uh, uh, the Bucks game coming down to the last moment and de- having to deal with field goals, but yeah, missed points, really, really sloppy play throughout, and not like sloppy in like a fun college football way, just like dumb. I mean, this these numbers are like are terrible. So Jimmy Garoppolo only threw the Jimmy Garoppolo only threw interceptions. Yeah, he only threw <laughs> the ball like. the ball nineteen times. Of which he completed 11 passes, so about 50%, and he threw for 131 yards. And <clears throat> the in, in, in the in the replay or whatever it was, he did throw two big-time passes, put that on pro football focus, to, um, uh, what's his name, Debo Samuel and George Kittle, to get down yes. the field to set up that game-winning field goal. I mean, he did a Brady as well. Uh, everybody did a Brady this year or this this weekend, and mm-hmm. Eli Mitchell seventeen carries fifty three yards. Uh, Debo Samuel ten carries for thirty nine yards. Their running game is good. San Francisco has a good running game, um, and they need it because the, the quarterback, um, yeah, weirdly I don't enough, know what's going on with him can't yeah. throw a football. Like is bad at throwing the football. Yeah, when he's not in the game, they do less well but when he is in the game they don't do well it's very confusing <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers had a pretty clean line 20 of 29 with 225 yards but zero touchdowns zero interceptions so he didn't make any mistakes but he didn't do anything good <laughs> well, he didn't do anything <laughs> yeah and um what what was what is your sense of like what what was the breakdown I don't know. It was very cold. But um, he thrives and, in, in cold weather. That's his well, thing. He, he's supposed to, yeah. 
I'm not sure. He just looked sort of uninspired. There was definitely just communication issues. Nobody seemed to be able to put the pieces together. And I don't know, that seems like a sort of a fundamental breakdown in their game plan of, like, miscues everywhere. Nobody's really stepping up. I mean, it's one of those, like, weird sort of qualitative, everybody just kind of looks like shit. <laughs> you can't really identify a specific reason why. But, yeah, very boring. Yeah. Man, and... A lot of people are saying... An ignominious end also to his uh, playoff. Yeah. Because he just, like, wasn't exciting. Like, nothing cool happened. He just sort of didn't do very well and lost. And he got roasted online afterwards. People, even Packers fans, are like, it's... What a fucking clown. What a clown. Yeah, I saw something about, like, oh, I guess he got vaccinated against throwing touchdowns. <laughs> the, yeah, Skip Bayless was all... Skip Bayless hates Aaron Rodgers. And the reason he hates Aaron Rodgers is because that is the biggest contemporary competitor for Tom Brady. Um, it's so weird that they're competitors because the stats are so uh, so wildly different. Like, if anything, Aaron Rodgers thinks he's in a rivalry with Tom Brady... Tom Brady doesn't even know who Aaron Rodgers is. <laughs> yeah, well, they were in different uh, uh, divisions for a, 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 or different conferences for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. But the it it's like football people, like people who follow football, will will look at Aaron Rodgers and be like, "There's not there's not a better pure quarterback than him," as when it, when it comes to throwing the football. Um, He's been recently supplanted by Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes doesn't mm-hmm. have like the resume yet. And so right. for Aaron Rodgers, it's been I mean, he keeps winning MVPs and he keeps making Pro Bowls and he keeps making all pro teams. Tom Brady has made three all pro teams in twenty two years. Like Tom Brady, for all intents and purposes, you gotta remember this, is not like a great quarterback. When he was with the Patriots, a lot of times, especially for those first couple of Super Bowls, they were winning like he was like a game manager. Like he, mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't like this incredible quarterback. He just played really well under pressure. And for somebody who's been playing as long as him, has been throwing the football as long as him, he should have every individual stat category like cleaned up. Like the equivalent to him in the NBA is like a LeBron James who has like all of the records <laughs> right? because he's been playing for so long and he has the championships and shit like that. Tom Brady. Well, and that's where that shit about Brady just only throwing to to tight ends forever comes in. Like he's a game manager, you know, little passes, short passes, safe passes that just march him down the field slowly. And so the only stat he has is all of the Super Bowl rings. Yeah, which is 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 uh, immediately puts him a lot in a lot of people's heads above Aaron Rodgers. But for like football purists, they look at Aaron Rodgers and go, nobody can throw passes like him. Nobody can, nobody can uh, be as, as protective of the ball as him. Because in addition to throwing a lot of touchdowns and throwing the ball a lot, he throws it efficiently because he doesn't turn it over. But right. But it's only during the regular season. As soon as he gets to the playoffs, I mean, he just becomes this like, weird shell of himself and he just can't do it um yeah he he turns into he turns into tony romo somehow oh god how terrible um (laughs) what a terrible comparison you know like suddenly it's just this sort of ultimate playoff choker yeah and like similar to tony romo he's going to make a lot of money when he retires talking bullshit about (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well i don't know that he's gonna be talking football i think he's gonna start a podcast 
and like most podcasts that have a very like heavy right leaning orientation, he's going to make God, a lot of money. Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan recently called out by uh two hundred scientists <laughs> for <laughs> spreading misinformation on Spotify. Uh Neil Young, ever heard of him? Uh wrote, yeah. <laughs> wrote a letter saying that uh he he threatening to pull his music off of Spotify if uh, Spotify does not clamp down on Rogan, and wow. that is that would be a real groundswell if a lot of artists started coming out and being like, "We can't be on the same platform as a guy that misinforms a bunch of people, and that you know platforms all of these fucking uh, dipshits and doofuses." And when he's called out live on air, refuses to believe uh, science. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a brief aside. Aaron Rodgers will definitely be on the Joe Rogan experience at some point in the offseason. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They'll both talk about fucking ivermectin. Um, so that game ends, and you have, like, sort of the old guard. Uh, the old guard is down, down for the count. Fucking Rodgers mm-hmm. is out. Brady's out. Uh, Burrow is in. And then you got the real new guard going against each other. Bills versus the Chiefs. Allen versus Mahomes. It's going down. And. It couldn't have been a better game. This is the best that game, game that's ever been played in a divisional round in NFL history. This game was crazy. It's get, like time doesn't work like this in the NFL. But like the, no, <laughs> you can't score that many points in that amount of time. It doesn't. It's not possible. But it is now with these new kids. These new kids throwing the ball all over the place. What's going on? I mean, you know, there's there's this like sort of cliche of it's like a video game, but it, it, really <laughs> it is was just racking up combo counts <laughs> and like, God, this Street Fighter in there, it's nuts. Yeah, like obviously I want the Bills to win, they didn't, and, and you know that there's maybe something to be said about overtime rules, but it either way, even though it didn't go the way I wanted, really, really sweet game. Yeah, I myself wanted the Chiefs to win. Uh, I want Mahomes to win. Now that he has Hill and Kelsey, because the thing about uh, quarterbacks is their 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 lifespan is much longer than their receivers, and yes, that's true. So what's 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 going to happen is, um, these guys are going to like sort of cycle out, and a bunch of new guys are going to cycle in, and in the in between period. Mahomes isn't going to really have a chance to win championships. Yeah, he's going to have peaks and valleys as he gets a receiving core that works well. You're totally right. He's got a golden window of opportunity right now, and he'll probably survive in the league long enough to have a few other golden opportunities. Yeah. But there's going to be, you know, fallow periods as well. It's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Peyton Manning. Uh, was throw, throwing to Marvin Harrison when he was in Indianapolis, and then Demarius Thomas, uh, rest in peace. Emmanuel Sanders, one he was in Denver. Like you, you, you'll, and but there are fallow periods in between where he wasn't doing anything, right? And so now, mm-hmm. now he has Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. I mean, this is the moment to strike while the iron is hot. And uh, Josh Allen, I think that this might be controversial. Doesn't actually have good receivers on his team. I mean, he has, that's true. He has, he's got a tight end. He's he wh- who actually isn't that good. Like I like uh, Dawson Knox. Knox. I, yeah. Yeah. I think he's. Uh, I think he's great. Um, but he caught two receptions for nine yards. Uh, one of them was a 
no, none of them were touchdowns. Um, uh, Stefan Diggs, I like, caught three receptions for seven yards. Mind you, this is a terrible defense. Like, these guys should be doing a lot more than they did, mm-hmm. and they're not. And I think it's because they are overrated, and I think they are made better by the fact that Josh Allen is such a good quarterback. But he needs – they need to really invest. They really invest in the defense, um, but the offense for the Buffalo Bills, if you look at it, really goes through Josh Allen. I think if he had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you know. <laughs> He'd be unstoppable. Absolutely. And he's so interesting because, I mean, with obviously you know, Roethlisberger's, I hope, finally retiring. Allen reminds me of Roethlisberger. He's too large yeah. like, for the position. He doesn't make sense, and he's just sort of hard to tackle. Yeah, but much more mobile than Roethlisberger because Roethlisberger was too large and too slow. And so he would stay in right. the pocket and break tackles because, like, <laughs> defensive tackles just, yeah, would have hard, bring him down. He would have a hard time tackling him. But Josh Allen get his ass out of dodge and then break a couple of tackles and then run gets you six, seven yards or run get a first down. Like the the Chiefs defense was doing so well clamping down on the receivers, but it wasn't working down the stretch because uh Josh Allen would just take off. And would he just turn to the in juggernaut and just bolt through people? Yeah, and yeah, that's it's scary that when uh, um, you know, like somebody like Lamar is fast and quick and darts around and is hard to catch, and then you can catch Josh Allen, you just can't stop Josh Allen. Yeah, as soon as he gets into the open field, it it becomes easier. Like the weirdly enough, it's easier to for him to get tackled by like the secondary. Like yes, once he's already run for ten yards, exactly. Yeah, because he won't even try to break the tackles. He'll he'll dive on his sword, and mm-hmm. it. But in some cases, and I like this about Mahomes too, they'll take a little bit of contact, try to get an extra couple of even inches, like a couple of extra feet. Um, and he mm-hmm. he did that down the stretch, I believe. And this is how much Josh Allen is the Bills' offense. He was also the leading rusher. Yeah, 11 carries yes. for 68 yards with an average of 6.2 yards per carry. Um, much better than Devin Singletary, who's their first running back or the starting running back. 10 carries, 26 yards, 2.6 yards <laughs> per carry, which is atrocious. I am so thrilled that our fantasy season was already over because I had the Bills' defense and uh, – Mahomes and Kelsey. <laughs> and they just would have like canceled each other out. Yeah. Oh man. But like yeah, so the game is neck and neck the entire time. The Chiefs you would think would have some type of psychological advantage over um the or so, no, sorry, the Bills. the Bills. No, the Bills. Yeah, cuz there's like a revenge game. Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking because the Bills like beat the piss out of them and like really um in the regular season, yeah, but the previous year at a different point in the playoffs, the Chiefs crushed that's the Bills. True. That is true. Yeah. That's true. Um the uh, Chiefs uh Chiefs defense is like markedly worse than it was last year and it was pretty bad uh already. Tyron Matthew, Jack Rabbit got injured this mm-hmm. game so was gone yeah and is like a key part of their secondary um which is probably why what is his the bills are able to yeah they just beat the hell out of them yeah gabriel davis uh, caught right. four touchdowns and that's like unheard of <laughs> uh in the playoffs 
Um, but it was a, a, a pretty much a back and forth affair. It did look like the Bills had the upper hand, especially going down the stretch. God, yeah. So it gets down to like a minute, or was it thirteen seconds? I don't know, something nuts. No, it's no, of... no. So it was like a minute. No, no. It, yeah, it was like two minutes left, and then the Bills had the ball, and right. they scored a touchdown. And it like there's like less than two minutes left and the bills have the ball and they need a touchdown. That's already way too little time. Like at right. that point, you're a bills fan. You're going like fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to make it yeah, right. You're going to miss it by that much. Cause there's not enough time to score a touchdown. And then they do. And there's like, okay, well there's no way. Cause the there's Chiefs 13 seconds left. There's 13 <laughs> seconds left on the game clock and Patrick Mahomes is on the sideline fucking throwing the ball just warming up could like there there may as well have it may as well been the first quarter like as unfazed entirely unfazed they come out at this point I I believe the game is like 33 to 36 they need a a field goal they don't need a touchdown Mm -hmm. and so they uh, set up a run two plays Fittingly, the first one is to Tyreek. Uh, he hits him, uh, I believe, on a, on a shallow cross or something like that. And then Tyreek bolts for a couple of yards. Uh, then they and they have a bunch of timeouts still. Uh, next play, Travis Kelsey, right up the middle of the field, catches the ball, dives on the ground. Every single Chief calls timeout. 45 yards. Uh, Butker comes out, kicks it through the uprights. And it's like, it's just mechanical. They don't even break a sweat. And I think they took the Bills' defense by surprise because... I think so, too. Like, they, I mean, the two, the only two people you need to be aware of are the two people (laughs) you let catch the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they were just, you know, that they, I think, were looking too far ahead. Like, oh, it's only 13 seconds. Like, you could see the bill celebrating and they just they got rattled um and yeah it's 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 tough and so it comes down essentially to a coin flip yeah yeah because they've already established in the fourth quarter that nobody can stop anybody else yes and a lot of people are now in retrospect um criticizing sean mcdermott because sean mcdermott call uh, uh uh told the kicker kick it through uh into the end zone yeah instead of trying to um make them waste time that is a bad call because if you kick it down to like the 10 yard line or whatever the clock's running and yes you have to guard against a uh a run back but you are forcing them to eat eat up clock while they're have to decide do we want to try the run back or are we gonna set up and yeah, that was i think foolish in retrospect, it was a bad call because you would take the chance. But the reason... So here are the other options. The other option, and this would be the best option, is if you had a precision kicker who was able to kick it high and up. Because the clock doesn't start, right? Mm-hmm. Until the ball hits the floor. Um, so, or, or until somebody makes contact with the ball. Uh, in, in, in the case of a squib kick. So uh, the best option is probably kick it up in the air and have it fall uh, like within the five-yard line and make them do a fair catch and make them go all the way down the length of the field. Yes. 
um, a lot of analysts point out that Tyler Bass is a terrible kicker. Like the Bills have a bad kicker, and so while he can, he's a powerful kicker. He can kick it through the end zone on a kickoff. He is not great at squibbing, and he's really not good at any type of precision. And so okay. that's like a tall order for him. And so Sean McDermott, McDermott figures. Let's just kick it into the end zone. Let nothing go to chance. Right. I know. Don't, yeah, don't let any bullshit happen. Just do it. Put it in my kicker's comfort zone. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If they had like a Justin Tucker or a even oh, yeah, if anybody had a, anybody else had a Justin Tucker, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of things that only Justin Tucker can do. But even a Butker, Butker is a is a great kicker. They had no they had no fear that he would make a forty five yard uh, field goal, which you can't say about a lot of right. kickers. And kickers have been sucking true. ass this year. <laughs> yeah, like so many missed points, hitting the the uprights, lots of weird shit this year with kickers. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah, coin flip. It was a coin flip. So what do you think about the overtime rules? I think they are dumb, but I think that it is. I think it's always selective because the Chiefs campaigned to have this rule changed because they lost to the Patriots under very similar circumstances. It was an mm-hmm. uh, AFC championship game wherein the Chiefs get that coin flip, they go to the Super Bowl, Patriots get that coin flip, they go to the Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, it's happened a billion times and every time it happens, this discussion happens, but there's no follow through by the players association or by the teams or by the league. And I think it's because uh, uh, the thing about football is you should never play more of it. Right. And that's, I think, the point is like you've already played four quarters. It's everybody's tired. It's dangerous. People are going to get hurt. And also I was talking to Maul about this. She made the point like. Look, man, if you haven't won by the end of the fourth quarter, maybe you don't deserve to win. Like, you couldn't finish them off. Yeah. And there's a, you know, and then it just comes down to a coin flip because you both suck. And, like, neither of you could could put in the, the killing blow. And that's, you had four quarters to do that. And I think there's a, that's a fair perspective of, like, we're just going to have to put it to a coin flip because we can't just, we can't be here all day. You- it just has to go to sudden death. Yeah, you, and it's good that it's not the you know it's not the like field goals don't win it because that's bullshit. Like you only have to get like forty yards and then it's over. So having to make a touchdown, I think, is is wise and more fair. But after that, I don't know that fairness is necessarily a going concern in the NFL. Right. No. What's fair is regulation. Regulation is fair because you know what's going to happen. You you you're able to strategize around regulation. Everybody has the same rules. Uh, and you are you're on a level playing field. Overtime is like, yeah, it's just that it's sudden death. I mean, there has to be an element of chance um, because there's an element of chance in football. And if your defense was better, because that's the other thing too, is that <clears throat> I'm I'm fairly certain Josh Allen scores if they get the coin flip. Because oh, yes. Kansas City defense is real bad. But the Bills defense is supposed to be the number one defense in football. Like, what's yeah. going on? If they on? can't do it, right, and then they don't deserve to win. And, you know, and the NFL rules are generally skewed against defense. They just are. You know, there's a there's a desire for higher scoring games, and we've seen this play out 
and it's not not just because the players are better, and they are, but it's not just that. You know, you basically can't cover receivers in the NFL anymore without getting a pass interference penalty. It's much harder than it used to be, and you can't touch the quarterback, and so that's much harder than it used to be. So that means that losing the coin flip is more difficult, but you're not playing by different rules than you were for the rest of the game. You're not playing against different people. You already know what what your opponent's like. You've played them for four quarters. Your defense has to step up, and if it can't, then it can't. The overtime rule is the only rule that I think genuinely um, protects player safety in an important way. Yes. Because... I think you're right. Because imagine this. Imagine how elated fans would be because in the in the playoffs, right, you have to have a winner. There's no draw. Right. You have to have a right. winner, right? Imagine how elated fans would be if you could play two, three more quarters. I mean... It, yeah, it would be like a bunch of extra bonus football. Yeah, and if you did the college thing of, well, each team gets a chance to possess the ball regardless of who scored. And, like, you know, if you take make a touchdown, then I make a touchdown, then you have to make a touchdown, then I have to make a touchdown, back and forth and back and forth. And the only way it ends is if I've had the chance to possess the ball and don't make a touchdown. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's cool in theory, but it's also a huge war of attrition. And you wouldn't have a team left after that, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, it, it is really saving the players from themselves. And it's also like... Imagine if if they went two, three extra quarters, uh, just Chiefs, what do you have next Sunday? Like, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, football is already so brutal. and It's so brutal, and it's, it takes way too long. <laughs> yeah, that's Every also true. Every game is already way too long. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the baseball thing. You don't want, you don't want... You don't want football to ever even come into conversation with being like baseball, which where it's reg like nine innings is already four hours long, and there are games that have gone twenty two, twenty three, twenty four innings because in baseball you need a winner. It's like mm-hmm. it is. Uh, by the way, one of the only jokes that doesn't work in Ted Lasso is the the whole thing about him not liking draws because you don't have draws in the states. You actually do have draws in football. <laughs> Yeah, in American football, there are draws. Um, no, but that yeah, that that rule to me, I think, I think like if you got a bunch of different like stakeholders around a table together and said like, how can we change this to make it fair without elongating the game to a point where it's like people are taking uh, more risks and and more damage. Yeah, what you could do is like a penalty shot idea of line them all up to do two-point conversions and just go back and forth until somebody can't make a two-point conversion or something. Yeah. Um, but even then, that's still asking men to smash into each other a bunch. <laughs> that could last forever, too. And, and with, right, the, with those two guys? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, jo- and spe- specifically Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they could just go back and forth indefinitely <laughs> making two-point conversions. <laughs> yeah. That- until one of them broke a leg. It's an interesting idea. Or leave it up to the kickers. 40-yard kick, 50-yard kick, 60-yard kick. Yeah, I actually think that's awesome, is uh, penalty kicking from further and further and further away. I think that's sweet. Yeah, because, like, I mean, they don't they don't get that much to do anyway. Like, <laughs> and, and, and during the regular season, one kick can't win at all. Why do you have to go through the whole rigmarole of having the fucking defensive and offensive tackles that's smash true. into each other? do... 
absolutely. And then you can do the the uh, European football thing of because um, they do this in the World Cup, where if it goes to overtime penalty kicks, they've got like five, and they just go back and forth, and then it's best of five basically. So you know you you watch the score go up, and like Italy won the the cup doing this this past year, I think. Of you know, I make kick one, you make kick one. I make kick two, you don't make kick two. I make kick three, you make kick three. I miss kick four, you make kick four. And then, like, the fifth one's, like, super dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And the best of five. It's cool. It's really cool. And you could do that in football and decide if you want to go, like, after three of them, we start backing them up uh, ten yards at a time or something. I think that would be sweet. Yeah. And it's way less dangerous. And it would would make uh, NFL teams invest in their place kickers, which... I think they should do rather than what people are suggesting, which is eliminate the place kicker. No, no, man, that would suck. Like the the situational kicking of being able to pin somebody back on their own ten yard line or their own five yard line is one of the most satisfying things in football. And like getting them to where they are having to fight their way out of their own end zone and in danger of a safety, I think is one of the most dramatic pieces of storytelling in football you can't get rid of that yeah but kickers need to be better so they can do that more often yeah and i think they would be better if they had a more important role to play in in the game i think yeah when buffalo looks back at this game and 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 they go like well what what could we have done better i think they they need more offensive pieces they need a better kicker um Mm -hmm. and I mean that defense. I I don't know what went what went wrong with the defense. I mean, there was, yeah. I think Mahomes just adapted to their game plan because the, in, earlier in the season they were eliminating the deep threat option and he was forcing it. He was throwing interceptions. He was yeah. holding the ball too long. The pass rush was getting to him. This time he was taking them exactly what they gave him, and they 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 couldn't adapt. They couldn't make the necessary adjustments to counteract the. Oh wait, no. So now he's not doing the deep threat thing also Tyreek is slicing up the safety because he's slicing up the secondary because when he catches it the yards after catch are ridiculous like that one touchdown that Patrick Mahomes threw like a 10 yard like pass to 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 Tyreek who then took it up the sideline and gave the guy a peace peace out fucking symbol (laughs) you know and and didn't get the unsportsmanlike conduct (laughs) and got that touchdown like that that shit's pretty fucking, you know, like that's special. Yeah, that's he special. Him. He just burned him. Uh, so it's cool. So okay, so we're gonna have Bengals, Chiefs. Yes. Who? What a weird game. <laughs> uh, the Bengals beat the Chiefs in their regular season matchup. Uh, they did. It was a it was a defenseless, uh, just shootout. And that day, Joe Burrow got the best of Patrick Mahomes. I think that uh, those guys play. On... Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, if those guys play ten times, I think it's gonna be like six and four, or even yeah, five. I was and about five. to say the same thing. Yeah, on paper, that's like just they can absolutely go shot for shot forever. Um, it's just I don't know if Bur- the rest of Burrow's team can hold up to that. But you know, if you just put those two guys in a room, you know, throwing balls at targets, yeah, I think they could absolutely, you know, be be 50 50 so it's gonna be a sweet game i'm excited i don't think that the Bengals have it in them but it's cool that they made it this far we'll see yeah i mean it'll be like 
it, it, it's going to come down to experience, I think. I, I, I don't know that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, I don't know that they're, they're going to get to that level, the AFC Championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl, and be able to play their best football yet. Mahomes has already been yeah. on this road a bunch of times, been to two Super Bowls, won one, been to another AFC Championship game. Like He's been deep into the playoffs, and so he knows what this is going to feel like. And they're going to be an arrowhead, and that place is going to be loud. Yes. Yeah, those chants are going to be nuts. So, yeah, that game's going to be awesome, and we'll we'll talk about it next week. And then, what, it's 49ers-Rams? <laughs> yes, and the, the 49ers. So the, the teams that I think intellectually should win, both of those teams lost to the other in during the regular season. <laughs> so I, I definitely think that the Rams and the Chiefs should be in the Super Bowl, but... I have like history is not on my side here. <laughs> like, yeah, they right. they have played in the past, and the the Rams got the tar beat out of them by the 49ers. Like the defense absolutely trapped up uh, Matthew Stafford. Now, notably, this was Odell's first game with the Rams, so he was not mm-hmm. integrated into the offense yet. He could be. A, he absolutely is now. Oh yeah, he absolutely is now, and he could be a big difference maker. Um, down the stretch here. So I don't know. I, I want to say the Rams are going to win. And I also kind of low key think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, although hmm. Rams versus because the, the, the thing uh, uh, between a Rams chiefs Super Bowl matchup is that the pass rush is fantastic, but also Jalen Ramsey versus Tyreek Hill is going to be like a crazy, uh, a matchup that I don't think I don't think I think it's just going to be a wash. I don't think that Tyreek is going to be able to score at will on Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is like one of the best corners in the league. And so, yeah, and the games like that are really fascinating when you can just silence a receiver like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Ravens did that to Odell Beckham Jr. when he was with the Browns and then it turned out well, maybe it wasn't actually the Ravens doing it. Maybe it was the fact that, you know, uh that the Browns don't know what to do with with Beckham. But, yeah, games like that are really fascinating. And then the quarterback has to adjust, and the whole offense has to be like, what do we do when we can't use this weapon? Yeah. And it's not even like they're not even double-teaming him, potentially. He's just one-on-one, has met his match. Yeah, it gets gets interesting. But what is also interesting is that San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, is a rematch of Andy Reid's first Super Bowl win. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and I believe cool. yeah, Kyle Shanahan was the coach also. So it'll be a rematch between coaches, rematch between quarterbacks. Um, but I also don't see it going differently than the first match. Uh, yeah, the the Kansas City Chiefs secondary is really bad, <laughs> which 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 means which means that Jimmy G is going to have to beat you with his arm. And, yeah, and I don't know about that. Because <laughs> yeah, their pass rush isn't as as bad as their secondary is. Like they could, they could, they could stop the run game uh, and then leave it up to Jimmy G to beat them. And I think that if they do that, then uh, Jimmy G's not going to rise to the occasion. <laughs> Jimmy G can't beat them. Yeah, right. Uh, cool. Well, you know the the network wants that because they already got a bunch of footage prepped up for the you know, the rematch rivalry game or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. 
Well, that's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually like really excited about football because all of the rest of the teams that are in the playoffs kind of suck. Like they all have like glaring weaknesses. It's not like <laughs> when, the, when the Patriots are going through and you're just like, ah, who gives a fuck about football? <laughs> like they're just right. going to yeah, win. There are some years when it's just like, oh, they're just good. They're just going to win. And it's, yeah, you just sort of stop watching the playoffs because it's a foregone conclusion. This one is much more interesting. Yeah, so yeah, we'll report back on that. Uh, that'll do it for th- uh, this episode of Is It Just Bad? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Is It Just Bad. Email us at Is It Just Bad at gmail.com. Follow the cosmologist on Instagram at Sergeant Bucky Bear. It's SGT Bucky Bear. And follow them all on Instagram at Mad Malt Cosplay. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Is this just bad? Bad? It's like what pirates forge your brain, robbing knowledge, no joking. Opening your mind with a crowbar till you're woken, hitting hydra, hailing hairs, have a time for hella reasons. We're more than winter soldiers, with the men for all seasons. Listen closely while we share our expertise in cosmic comics culture. Dean is free tuition to the multiversity. Mouse is like we're teaching perfect balance when we snap infinite gems into your ears. Dust our shoulders when we speak. Purple men persuasive speech. Where Randy Savage rattles with immortal technique. Ooh. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.